<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusives you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Man, they need to start with all this shucking and jiving and just tell the truth. I understand. Hugh, you got a job, but there are a lot of black men that were before you that was equally or more so qualified than you that didn't get the opportunity. And I know you think you got this job on your own, but you don't understand how many men are working behind the scenes that get not only you, but other black coaches even opportunity to be heard. Why don't you pick up the phone today and you call John Wooten and you ask him what he thought of your comments. Skip, I am so glad Dr. King, Rosa Parks, John Lewis, the Andrew Youngs, the Jesse Jacksons, the Nelson Mandela's. That ain't my problem. Let somebody let let them iron it out. It cost Dr. King his life. It cost Nelson Mandela 27 years in prison on Robert Island. Skip. Does he realize how ridiculous he sounds? Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now. My name is J. Scott Smith. And this is the 47th episode of the People's Podcast. This is J.S. C Radio. Yes, sir. Guess who's back after a longer than expected hiatus? Went out of town for the National Association of Black Journalists convention in New Orleans. I want to say big up and what up to everybody I met down there. How the hell is everyone doing? You know what? I'm not even going to ask that question because I know how everyone's doing right now. If you're anything like me, you're not in a very good mood right now. This week's show, back after nearly a month on the shelf, is hitting on what you would expect. Before I go any further into that, I want to be sure to shout out all of the podcast providers. I'm talking about SoundCloud. I'm talking about Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iTunes, damn it, 
Stitcher Radio. Want to shout out you guys as well as Google Play, where you can find JSC Radio, plus any other podcast provider that might be picking us up. It keeps growing exponentially every single day. Also, be sure to support me on Patreon. This is very important. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Be sure to support the show on Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. I'll say it one more time for your ass. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. To support the show, get a chance to become a sponsor, and get your money behind this show. I need you guys to help keep this show moving. I'm able to do it, but it would be a whole lot easier with a little bit of help. So anything... You can contribute to become a patron of the show. Be sure to do just that. Also, want to show love to the mothership, jscottsmith.com. Be sure to check out jscottsmith.com. The words of wisdom return next week. I needed a little time to get my head together because things are ridiculous out here. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at jscottsmith. I'm on Instagram, at jscottsmith. And you can get at the show on Twitter, at jscradio. The world is pretty messed up right now. And uh, as you heard there in the intro, it's crazy that a year later we're still talking about this. But as you heard in the intro there, what we're staring at is a world in crisis, particularly here in the United States. Episode 47 was not supposed to be this particular subject matter. Episode 47 was going to be something really fun and really cool. And I'm going to do this. But I wanted to be, you know, in the in the spirit of full disclosure. Episode 47 was supposed to be the first retro review episode. What that is, is with SummerSlam coming up this weekend, I planned, and still do, on watching an old SummerSlam, reviewing it, and having a lot of fun with it. That's what episode 48 is going to be. Because I'm going to do that show. Episode 48 will be a retro review of SummerSlam 1997. We're going to have some fun. Going to talk pro wrestling. Going to get goofy. Going to try to do something to lighten the damn mood up. Because what's going on right now in this country ain't funny. I've stayed away from getting heavily political on this show since last November. Y'all remember episode 23. I don't need to go into that. Episode 23 is by far the most controversial episode I've done. And those of you who are newcomers to this show, go back and listen to episode 23. It was recorded on November 9th, the day after the election. You already know where it went. In the amount of time since then, I've largely stayed away from this. I had the episode about Ben Carson, which was fun, but I've largely stayed away because honestly, I couldn't reconcile coming on and doing a show every week talking about the insanity that is going on in Washington, D.C. I make references to it. I take little little cheap shots, little, little needles along the way, little Easter eggs floating around in the what will be 24 episodes since November 9th. But I would be derelict in my duties as a host, 
and as a journalist and as an American, if I jumped my ass on this microphone and did a SummerSlam episode with what just happened in Charlottesville, Virginia last weekend, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia last weekend transcends sports, transcends entertainment, transcends pop culture, transcends anything. It was all bad. And it was all messed up. For what it's worth, it showed the type of person, or at least it showed those of us, it showed those of you who were still walking around with your head shoved in the sand, the type of person who's in charge of this country. And you know who he is. I don't need to mention his name. These last few days have been nightmarish. Really, these last few months have. Really, the last year and a half has been a complete and total disaster. And it doesn't seem like it's getting better anytime soon. My day job is as a journalist. I was just down in New Orleans last week at the National Association of Black Journalists Conference, NABJ, 17. Had a blast down there. Save for two things. Last Friday, Friday afternoon, Omarosa shows up at NABJ and the whole thing just goes upside down and goes haywire. Then on Saturday morning, I wake up in my hotel room down in the Big Easy and I turn on the TV after, of course, I look at my phone and I see something about a damn protest or riot or whatever you want to call it in Charlottesville, which is the home of the University of Virginia. Apparently the night before, because a lot of us were out partying in New Orleans on Friday night, and you've seen it by now, the march into Charlottesville toward the Robert E. Lee statue, I'll get to those in a second, the Robert E. Lee statue with the scary, unmasked, angry white men carrying tiki torches, chanting anti-Semitic and racist rants as they stormed through the streets. That led to the next day, that next morning when I wake up and I see a scene that I normally would have equated with some third world dictatorship off in Eastern Europe or in Central Asia or in Africa or South America down in Venezuela. That was something that I wasn't planning on seeing in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is about maybe about three and a half hours from here or so, give or take. Do the show from Philly, so that's about what, three and a half hours from here, Charlottesville, Virginia, three and a half, four hours. Richmond, Virginia ain't really that far from here when you put it in perspective. And a woman was mowed down by a racist Nazi white supremacist 19 other people were injured. And the scars are going to linger. The man who inhabits the White House right now needed 48 hours to say something of substance about this. Because initially, and as we all know, he decided to, quote, say, many sides, many sides were responsible for this. Of course, we know that's not true. There are two sides. There's the right side and the wrong side. 
and what would be a layup for just about any other halfway sane, halfway decent individual was blown by this guy. Two days later, almost like he was reading a letter given to him by captors, he then gives this statement claiming that he's condemning the white supremacist, racist, Nazi pieces of garbage and doesn't try to equivocate the two. Only for 24 hours later, for him to get up on stage or in front of the presidential podium and take it all back and do it in, in really the most ridiculous fashion possible. Again, I don't need to mention his name. Here's the thing. I'm also a journalist. And I'm often asked or told to be objective. But the problem is, and the, the, the one of the heads of the Society of Professional Journalists thankfully co-signed on this with me, is that people often conflate objectivity with, quote, fairness, meaning that every viewpoint is equal. To every point, there must be a counterpoint. You've seen it on these news programs. And Clint, I've got friends at CNN. I've got a really good friend who's at CNN. A couple of them, actually. I've got friends at MSNBC. Hell, I used to work for NBC. I've been on MSNBC myself. Can't say the same for Fox News. I've been on these news networks. I see how they work. And they insist on no matter what the point is, and this has really been a thing the last really 10 years, is that they always have to have somebody as some counterbalance. You can't just simply have somebody who says white supremacy is wrong. You have to have somebody on there to try to counter that. To try to counter that. There are two sides to every argument. But occasionally, the sides are right and wrong. And that's the world we're living in right now. I brought up the Robert E. Lee statue. And second half of this show, I get more into football players standing for the anthem and, and Colin Kaepernick and all this. But I feel, I feel obligated to talk about this just for a second because... Because people are stupid. I don't mean that in just some flip, kind of funny, blithely just throwing it out their way. People in this country are really, really stupid. Their inherent bias shows, their inherent racism shows, their inherent ignorance shows when subjects like this come up. There are people legitimately arguing for the right to free speech for Nazis and Klan members and white supremacists. That you can't restrict what they have to say. It's their right. It's their freedom of expression. These are the same people who treat Colin Kaepernick as if he just showed up with a flag with a big swastika on it. You're willing to call a guy who takes a knee peacefully in protest of police violence toward black and brown people and you call him un-American. He shouldn't be allowed to do that. He should have to stand and honor the national anthem because that makes him un-American. Yet, you're willing to give the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, but we can't ban the Nazis and the Klansmen from speaking. They have, that's their First Amendment right. That's, that would be un-American. Where are our priorities right now? 
in this country? Where, where are they? Because I, I mean, I'm not under any delusions here. As a black man, having been in this country my whole life, grew up here, born here, I'm an American citizen. I'll be 38 years old in a couple of weeks. I don't look it, but these days I sure as hell feel it. And to see where we are right now, I have to ask, why are we there? Why do I have people defending Confederate soldiers and statues? Why do I have people who blatantly wave the Confederate flag having the nerve to call someone else un-American? You demand Colin Kaepernick stand for the national anthem as you wave the flag of an army that tried to destroy the United States of America. But I'm supposed to take you seriously. Oh, but if you take the statues down, that's erasing history. You can't erase history. We should just leave it up and learn from it. As if there isn't... You know what? It's funny that you bring that up. I, I majored in journalism in college. Journalism and communication. My bachelor's degree is in communication from Michigan State University. Go back to episode 40 to find out about that. But a hobby of mine, since I was probably 9, 10 years old, was learning all I could learn about U.S. history. There isn't a week that goes by where my ass doesn't go down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia or some historical site talking about U.S. history, history of the military, history of the presidency, (laughs) anything. I'm a history buff. Even though I didn't major in it, I love it. I'm that guy who will randomly watch the History Channel. I'm that dude. Before Viceland became Viceland, it was History 2. I was that one guy who was watching that network. That's who I am. That's what I'm about. So to see all these people who all of a sudden seem to care about U.S. history, despite the fact that if you want those Confederate statues to stay up, you clearly don't know boo about American history. Those statues, a majority of them that you just want to protect so badly, because, oh, if you tear them down, what's next? Are you trying to erase all history? It's U.S. history. Hey, Junior, they have these wonderful things called books. They have these amazing things called books. They have this awesome tool called the Internet. You can literally get on this thing called the Google machine and look up whatever period of history you want. Just type it in, and you get your Confederate fix, you morons. I haven't been this hot in a while, but I don't like when stupid people try to condescend to the to those of us who know what the hell we're talking about. And that's where this anger comes from. I got enough anger and rage built up in me just from what I saw on TV. Last Saturday morning, down in New Orleans. If I were any deeper in the South last week, I would have been in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sitting in the deep South, nervous as all get out, watching what was happening in Charlottesville, reflecting back on what my mother has told me and what my dad has told me about what this country was like when they were kids in the 1940s and the 1950s and the 1960s. When I think about the things that I read in, ha, history books. Statues are, oh, you're erasing history if you take them down. Hell, 
It's an odd thing. To have. You want to know how odd and how stupid that line of logic is? If you ever get a chance to go to Germany, you notice there aren't a bunch of Hitler statues erected out there. Goebbels is not exactly waiting on you in the middle of a public square. There isn't a Heinrich Himmler elementary school. We're not dealing with Third Reich publishing over there. The Germans, with a little assist from, you know, the countries that beat the hell out of the Nazis. Remember those days when we used to fight against the Nazis? The Germans banned all Nazi propaganda. Because, by the way, that's what those Confederate statues are. They're Confederate propaganda. All Nazi propaganda has been banned in Germany. Any and all signs of the Third Reich have been knocked off buildings or torn down or destroyed. Very few things are there to remind you. There are lingering stones that will make small reference to what went on during World War II. It's interesting. You don't have any of those Nazi statues or placards or posters or, or, or carvings or pieces of art floating around Germany other than in like libraries and historical societies at universities. You know, where you can actually learn about your damn history. Strange. We didn't seem to forget about World War II. It's funny. I don't see too many British soldiers sitting up in statues and British rulers in statues around this East Coast that I live on. We didn't seem to forget about the American Revolution, did we? So your flimsy, stupid-ass argument that this is erasing history. Get out of here with that. It just it burns me that... You've got people willing to make excuses for Nazis and white supremacists and racists in this country. But if a guy like Colin Kaepernick or Marshawn Lynch or Michael Bennett or Malcolm Jenkins decides that they are not going to stand for the national anthem or they're not going to simply take the national anthem quietly, magically, they're the ones who are un-American. Not the assholes walking around Charlottesville, Virginia, waving swastikas and co-opting Protein's logos for their fascist, racist BS. Coming up after this quick break, I get into just what I talked about there and how this whole thing is intersected. Plus, Shannon Sharp gets to tear into another NFL coach, a black man no less, who seems to be on that soft shoe nonsense about the protests in the NFL. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is episode 47 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. I need a moment here. We'll be back after this. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times? 51. 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey now, it's J. Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today, and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio 
anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. Also making news is the logo used by a Michigan white nationalist group that calls itself the Right Wings. They participated in the Charlottesville rally today, and their logo is nearly identical to the Red Wings logo. Tonight, the Red Wings organization is responding. Jermont Terry alive with the story. Jermont? Well, Sandra, I can tell you that this is most definitely a talker here in Detroit. Many people never imagined that we will be connected with something that's going on down in Charlottesville, Virginia. But when you think about the, uh, I can tell you that many people most definitely disagree with the message that is being spewed down in Virginia. And for the most part, they can't believe that a symbol over my shoulder here in Hockey Town is being connected with something so negative. As tensions build at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, Blood and soil! mixed in the crowd is a logo familiar to many Detroiters. It was spotted on the flags and signs carried by those rallying. That's horrible. A group calling themselves Detroit Right Wings are among those at the white nationalist demonstration. It has Detroiters perplexed. It's horrible that we still have that level of hate in the world where people have to do things like that to get attention for their whatever cause they think they have. It turns out the logos are alike, yet they are different. On the left is the authentic Red Wings logo. On the right is the group symbol. When you look closely at the wheel, you can see the Red Wings logo has a straight line around the spokes, yet the other logo has what some say is similar to a swastika. Isn't the wing wheel licensed by the Red Wings? Can't they object to it? And the Red Wings have objected. It took to Twitter saying, quote, it vehemently disagree with and are not associated in any way with the events taking place, adding it's exploring every possible legal action as it pertains to the misuse of our logo and this disturbing demonstration. It's amazing that they're able to use the logo in any shape or form. And late this afternoon, the Twitter page for that group was shut down. So it appears that the legal team for the Red Wings is moving quickly and trying to disassociate themselves and most definitely are putting out a cease and decease order altogether. For now, reporting live in Hockey Town, I'm Jamal Terry, Local 4. This is episode 47 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Jay Scott Smith here. Welcome back. I want to thank you once again for supporting me on all your favorite podcast platforms iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, that's soundcloud.com slash JSC Radio, by the way. You can also find us on Google Play, and of course, you can get at us on Stitcher Radio, one of the original homes of JSC Radio. In fact, a little bit of trivia, that was the first home of JSC Radio. iTunes got in a few hours later, but that was the first place to pick us up after, you know, being on SoundCloud. So I would appreciate that. Reminder, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. 
SC Radio. Go there. Really need your support as always on there. Matter if you just drop in a dollar to a thousand dollars. Oh boy. Whatever the case may be, throw that money toward JSC Radio and help this podcast continue to grow. And I would be remiss if I didn't shout out the man providing the sounds for this show, one Doc Illingsworth. You be sure to follow him on Twitter at Illingsworth, I-L-L-I-N-G-S, Worth. Also want to shout out my man Rufio Jones and his YouTube series, Allow Me, where he basically tries out new food so you don't have to. Big ups to Detroit City also. Detroit City, that's the group that features Rufio Jones, Doc Illingsworth, Sean Uppercut, and my man Strife, my fellow September 5th man himself. They just did something in Detroit called the Rap Van, where they jumped in a van and they rapped, drove all over the city. It was a really dope look. Go check them out at Detroit City on Instagram. Show them some love because Doc Illingsworth, as you can hear with the music underneath me, did so much to help a brother out on this show, and I really appreciate it. They're good dudes, and they're pretty damn good rappers, too. They're good with the rapidy raps, so be sure to show them love. That's Doc Illingsworth and Detroit City. So, as you heard there, that that audio that you heard coming into this uh, coming into this segment is via WDIV Channel Four in my hometown of Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City. And this episode, like I said originally, this was going to be a SummerSlam episode. That'll get bumped over to the next one. But I had to do this because what we've had happening really the last week, but even longer than that, has just gotten completely outrageous and out of hand. And I I felt that I had to do this. And one of the things about what occurred in Charlottesville last Saturday that really leapt out at me was what occurred with the Detroit Red Wing logo. That was the most insane thing of all of them, is that just all of a sudden, just randomly, in the midst of all this insanity going on in Charlottesville, the Detroit Red Wings put out a statement having to disavow any connection with a group of white supremacist, Nazi racist morons who had essentially appropriated their logo and created this group called the Detroit Right Wings. You heard me and you heard them, the Detroit Right Wings. And their logo was... Essentially, a misappropriated version of the iconic Detroit Red Wing logo, the winged wheel. Where the only difference in the two logos is the color, the colorway is slightly altered, where the white is actually a little bit more than the red, and the spokes of the wheel are SS bolts, where you wouldn't have noticed it from a distance because it looks just like a Red Wing logo. I'm in New Orleans, and when I travel, I carry a bunch of my baseball caps with me because, you know... I'm a hat guy, and I was actually about to put on my size 7 and 3 8 fitted red and black Detroit Red Wing hat to wear down in New Orleans on Saturday. Well, that wasn't happening because of what occurred with that racist group. To the credit, by the way, of the Red Wings, because apparently they decide to react to their brand getting dragged through the mud a lot faster than, say, you know, the Oval Office, they got this statement out, quote, The Detroit Red Wings vehemently disagree with and are not associated in any way with the event taking place in Charlottesville, Virginia. The Red Wings believe that hockey is for everyone and we celebrate the great diversity of our fan base and our nation. 
We are exploring every possible legal action as it pertains to the misuse of our logo in this disturbing demonstration. Now, think about how quickly they got that message out. And for the Red Wings, who are moving into a new arena in downtown Detroit, deep in the heart of the Motor City, playing in a city that is 85% black and about 98% minority, playing in a city that for years has had kind of a tenuous relationship with race, on a team that just for the first time ever signed a black player as a free agent. The last thing they need is their logo being misappropriated by a bunch of racist douchebags. But that's what happened. And they had to fight back against that. Not far from Little Caesars Arena, which will be the home of the Red Wings and the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Lions ran into a similar problem. Because the Detroit Lions looked up and found that their logo, Bubbles the Leaping Lion, had been misappropriated by one of these right-wing douchebag groups. One of these neo-Nazi groups. One of these white nationalists. I don't use that stupid brand name that gets thrown around about these white supremacist groups because that's what it is. Even the Associated Press is telling you to get away from using that term, so I'm not going to use it here. But the Lions, there's a picture that came out. There's an AP photo that shows some, some racist goon beating on a drum with a misappropriated-looking Lions logo. And the Lions had to issue a statement through Bill Keenest on Tuesday when that picture started going viral. Quote, We detest and disavow any use or implied use of the Detroit Lion logo or any of our marks in association with the events of this past Saturday in Charlottesville. We value diversity as it represents the strong fabric of our team, the city of Detroit, the NFL, the game of football, our fans, and our country. I don't often get behind the Lions on too many things. At some point in the next month, I'm going to be doing a Lion episode that will not nearly be as complimentary as I'm about to be right now. The Lions did what they had to do. It was smart, it made total sense, and absolutely 100%. I'm with them on that. You had to do it. I wrote a blog a few years ago. It was a couple years ago, after Dylan Roof murdered nine people in the church in Charleston. I wrote this blog. It's on jscottsmith.com. I might have to bump it up, actually, because, yeah, it's just as apropos now as anything else. And I said then, if your brand, because people love to make, because over throughout again, here's that damn history one more time. The modern day Confederate monuments and the Confederate flag and all that BS, the, a lot of those statues started cropping up in the 1940s and in the 1930s. In the well into the 20th century, damn near a century after the Civil War ended, that's when a lot of those statues started showing up. And the modern day usage of the Confederate flag didn't start popping up till about the 1940s, 1950s in, wait for it, response to the burgeoning civil rights movement as a way to intimidate black people. But yet, I have to hear about that flag being, quote, heritage, not hate. That was the new tagline for a while. Heritage, not hate. Here's the thing. If I'm to believe that flag, the Confederate Army battle flag, which was symbolic of... of treason against the United States. If I'm supposed to believe that that thing is suddenly just a symbol of your southern heritage, don't you think you should probably try to take better care of it? Because, as the Red Wings and the Lions have shown us, you don't want your logo associated with something like that. Are you kidding me? As I mentioned in that blog, if your brand, let's just say Coca-Cola or the Red Wings, 
or the Lions, or the Detroit Tigers, y'all better not come for that old English D. Or the New York Yankees, or the Boston Celtics, or the Montreal Canadiens, or the Los Angeles Lakers, or the, or, or the New York Mets, or the Boston Red Sox, or the Atlanta Braves, or the Philadelphia Eagles. If your logo suddenly just started showing up at Klan rallies and neo-Nazi functions and hate crimes... One of two things is going to happen. Either one, you completely change the logo, the colorway, everything. Or two, you get ready to sue everyone and you fight like hell to protect your brand. You fight like hell to protect your logo and to protect your company. That's what the Red Wings and the Lions ended up having to do because of this. Because you don't want to be associated with that. That's not the side of the ledger you want to end up on. It's not. So that's what they had to do. And I completely, 100% support them for getting out in front of this. Because you don't want that tethered to you. Especially not in a city that's majority black and brown. You really don't want that. You don't. That's not what you want to have. And tying in to the other thing. Because I mentioned in the first half of the show that people are hung up on the whole freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. It's funny how people want to evoke freedom of speech when they want to be racist when they want to be discriminatory. People only want to assert freedom of speech when it serves them correctly. Oddly enough, people are just steadily trying to go to bat for these Nazis and these white supremacists, these dregs of society, to protect their, quote, freedom of speech. But strangely enough, a guy like Colin Kaepernick or Marshawn Lynch or Michael Bennett isn't allowed to do the same thing when they decide not to stand for the national anthem because I don't know. This country has seemed a little hostile toward black and brown people, especially police departments. And I'm not speaking out of turn. As I mentioned in quite a few episodes last summer, I'm the son of a police officer. I get how difficult their job is, but that doesn't give you license to beat the crap out of people and kill people and shoot innocent people and think you can just continue to get away with it and we won't have an issue with it. And in lieu of him having some grandstanding protest, contrary to what idiots like Jason Whitlock think, having some grandstanding protest where he makes a big fuss out of it or refuses to play or stops a game in the middle of the field or leads a walkout, Colin Kaepernick and Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch and Malcolm Jenkins and others decided that they were going to silently protest during the national anthem. That's it. That is it. But suddenly, the free speech brigade, who magically says, well, you can't tear down Confederate Confederate statues. You can't silence the hate speech. That, that, that's against the First Amendment. They don't seem to have an issue wanting to blackball and ban and tell black players who want to take knees or sit down during national anthems how un-American they are. Here's Michael Bennett explaining why he did it. Like last week, I was just, with everything that's been going on the last couple of months, and especially after the last couple of days, seeing everything in uh, Virginia, seeing what's going on out there, and we, earlier today in Seattle, um, I just wanted to be able to use my platform to be able to continuously speak on injustice. First of all, I want to make sure people understand I love the military. I love my father was in the military. I love, I love hot dogs like any other American. I love football like any other American. But I, I don't love segregation. I don't love riots. I don't love um, oppression. I don't love love, I love gender slander. And I just, I just want to see people have the equality that they that they deserve. And um, I want to be able to use this platform to continuously push the the message of that. 
So does that sound like a man who's this angry, violent, disrespectful, un-American, stuck-up athlete who needs to just shut up and respect the flag? Freedom of speech. It's well, We have freedom of speech, but see, this is different. No, it's not. It's not at all. And what Michael Bennett is doing, what Colin Kaepernick essentially just gave up his whole NFL career for, what guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lynch are doing is taking a stand. And what other teams are doing, other players are doing, they're speaking out, they're taking stands. And yes, we've had the brigade of buffoons like Ray Lewis and Tim Brown, and of course I'll mention them again, Jason Whitlock and Jermichael Finley and all these other knuckleheads basically trying to tell black players to just shut up and play the game. Shut up and play the game. How you can stick your head in the sand in 2017 in situations like this, I have no clue. Well, you can add another guy to the list. Hugh Jackson, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. In lieu of me making yet another crude Cleveland joke, I'm going to leave that here. Hugh Jackson is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He's already been punished quite enough. Well, he decided to stick his foot in his mouth. And the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Jackson said he respected the player's right to free speech. Okay. But he just hopes none of his players actually exercise it. You know, on an NFL team that's majority black. You're going to tell them not to express themselves. In a country where you just had a racist riot down in Charlottesville, Virginia, and you're telling your black players to not take a stand or speak up. Quote, I think everybody has a right to do it, and I get it. But the national anthem means a lot to myself personally, the organization, and our football team. I hope, again, I can't speak. I really haven't talked to our team about it. I would hope that we don't have those issues. Those issues, this is from Pro Football Talk. Those issues apparently include being opposed to segregation and racial intolerance, which seems an unusual stance for Jackson, who's black, to take. It's also hard to reconcile with known social justice warrior Roger Goodell's call for understanding of dissenting voices. And mind you, the Browns, who don't exactly have a quarterback worth a damn, refused to sign Colin Kaepernick. Well, Hugh Jackson's words did not go unheard. A man who is slowly becoming JSC Radio's spirit animal, Shannon Sharp of FS1. He laid in to Hugh Jackson a few days ago after he made these statements because honestly, he can't take it anymore. And rather than have me run my yap about it, I'm going to let the big man take it. Let me ask you this. You were saying he is selling out and letting down the black community. Yes. Okay. That, no, but see, so you being nice about it. But in the oh, barbershop, no. in the barbershop, he knows what he know is. What he and do. you know what? I, and, and I, you know, I've been talking to John Wooten. You know this. I've talked to him a lot. And I said, you know, John, there's some things that I say in private conversations. I'm going to try to do better. But Woot, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard for me to not call Hugh Jackson what he actually is. For him to go public and says, I hope the world gets this ironed out. Does he understand that he lives in this world and that by passing the buck and kicking the can, no one solves this problem? At some point in time, Dr. King, Rosa Parks, our great leaders, they picked that can up. They didn't keep kicking it down the road. And for him to say that, he hopes. Oh, it means a lot to me. Have he, I wonder if he, has he ever, ever read <laughs> the national anthem in its entirety? Not sing it, read it. Because you know what, Skip? 
while he's talking about he hopes the world and it means a lot to him, they're singing an anthem about you, Baldy. They're talking about you. And how if you tried to escape, there is nowhere you can run that they wouldn't find you. And for him, Skip, Skip, I remember when my grandfather used to be tinkering around the house. He would say, boy, hand me a monkey wrench or hand me a pipe wrench. I'm not doing anything, Skip. All he's asking me to do is hand him the tools. If you don't want to do anything, Hugh Jackson, that's your right. Mm -hmm. But why are you trying to not hand the, the young men that do want to do something? Why are you not at least giving them the tools so they can help? Being a coach in the NFL doesn't insulate you from what's going on in the world, Skip. You know why? Because professional sports are a microcosm of society. And 70% of the NFL is made up by who? Black players. And who are they trying to call attention to? What are they trying to say? That our innocent young black men and women, unarmed, mm -hmm. are getting gunned down at a disproportionately rate. And for Hugh Jackson to say that, there are a lot of people in their offices, they clapping, a golf clap, because they got this clown up here in front of national television saying that bull jive. Man, listen, I'm going to have to add Shannon Sharp to the list of guys that at some point I would love to just sit down and talk to, not even for an interview. I just want to talk to that brother because it seems like he would be an awesome convo to have. He is as unfiltered as it gets, and he's not afraid on a network that's got its own notorious reputation, especially on the news side. He is as fearless as it gets, and I will toss a little assist out there to Skip Bayless as well. He and Skip work real well together because Skip plays off of that very well. And he, honestly, Skip takes more of a stand than, say, you know, Cal Hurd and Whitlock do. We're in a lot of trouble in this country. And the NFL season's about to start. And I've seen all the silly reports about how the NFL is losing viewership because of the anthem protests and everything. I don't know. You think you're losing viewership now? While I don't believe everybody is going to boycott this league this fall, I do believe that there is going to be a stark drop-off in interest. And I already laid out there in the previous episode what my issues are with the NFL, aside from all this. The treatment of head injuries, the terrible contracts that players get signed up to. That's, that's neither here nor there. The violence, the dishonesty, the way they treated Colin Kaepernick, that all boils to the surface. But I will say this. Coming into this NFL season, this might be one of the more interesting storylines. It's not whether the Patriots can go undefeated. It's not if anybody can take the Patriots down. It's not the class and crop of rookies. It's not if they're even going to attempt to do anything about concussions and head issues. Simply put, there are black players across the board in this league. And at a certain point, they're going to take a stand for themselves. And there's a lot more guys than just Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch and Malcolm Jenkins. I want to big up, by the way, before I go. Well, two things before I go. One, here's hoping that the nature boy Ric Flair is able to fight out of his health issues. Because next week we are doing a SummerSlam show, so I wanted to make sure I got that out of the way now. Godspeed to Ric Flair. And two, talked about those statues earlier. 
those god-awful statues. And down in Tampa, in front of a courthouse, was a Confederate statue. And a big point of contention would be how the three professional sports teams in Tampa, the Buccaneers, the Devil Rays, and the Lightning, were going to handle this. They have banded together to pay to have that statue removed, and they made an announcement earlier today about doing just that. It was startling. All three of these teams in the central part of Florida, because matter remember, central Florida is just as rednecky as North Florida. Because Florida, again, rather deep in the heart of the Confederacy here. So this wasn't a uh, this wasn't anything new. This is a joint statement put out by the Buccaneers, the Rays, and the Lightning earlier today. Recognizing that this moment does not reflect the values of our community, in collaboration with the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce, our organizations have dedicated funds to assist in the moving of the statue from the public space in front of the courthouse. Now more than ever before, we must stand united and committed to diversity and inclusion as we all attempt to heal from this tragedy in Charlottesville. Sports can do a lot of good to help get us back on the right track in this country. Sports can do an awful lot of good for people on the local level, state level, national level. Things like that in Tampa. Things like the Red Wings and the Lions making open, taking open stances against hate groups using their logo and misappropriating it. People taking stands against police violence and against, against discrimination on the field. If you don't like what people have to say, guess what? Freedom of speech goes in multiple directions. And yes, there are consequences for your actions. But now more than ever, people need to start speaking up, and I'm saying that to my fellow journalists too. Take a stand, damn it. Just because we have to be objective does not mean we have to give equal time to hate groups. We don't have to offer a counterpoint. Sometimes, right simply trumps wrong. My name is J. Scott Smith. I'm telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And let's start treating people a hell of a lot better. And let's be a lot smarter out here. That's it for episode 47. Episode 47 next week. SummerSlam Retro Review. SummerSlam 1997. We're going to have some fun. I will see you next week. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up.
For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.